Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. How do we start simple? Like, how do we keep it simple? Because I think having performance and routines and every and habits that are healthy habits for us, it's got to be simple. If it's complicated, you're going to get off the bandwagon pretty quickly. Welcome to the Less Stressed Life Podcast, where our only priority is providing those aha moments to uplevel your life, health, and happiness. Your host, integrative dietitian nutritionist Krista Bigler, helps health conscious women reduce the stress and confusion around food, fatigue, digestive, and skin issues at lessstressnutrition.com. Now, on to the show. One of my clients who actually found me on a podcast was recently lamenting about how much she learned from podcasts, but also felt like she was getting so much information, she didn't know what to do with it or take from it. Learning is everything in life, but how do you remember what you learn or put it into action? Well, we grow and retain our learning when we share it with others. That's why I want to invite you to my new Facebook group for the Less Stressed Life podcast, the Learn, Grow, Share Circle.com. This group started as texts with friends and listeners talking about those aha moments from episodes. I thought, why don't we all get to have this talk? When you listen to an episode and wonder, did anyone else try that? I want to be able to share updates and things I've learned since the episode recording. And now more than ever, community is of paramount importance. To join the group, just go to learngrowsharecircle.com and join the conversation. I called it learngrowsharecircle.com because that's really how I see this. That's how I feel about podcasts. You want to share your aha moments, your wins, your questions, your thoughts to get the most out of this podcast. I'll see you there. All right. Today on The Less Stressed Life, we have Katie Kavalovic. She's the creator of Harmony Method, a blueprint for work-life harmony, and is a certified executive coach that provides personal and professional development services to transform and inspire today's leaders. She's an expert in advanced communication skills for high-stakes conversations and presentations, influence and negotiation, leadership development. After overcoming multiple life-threatening injuries or life-altering injuries and relearning how to walk, she dedicated her life to empowering leaders to fulfill their missions and live out their life purpose. She's been featured 
all over from today's corporate brands, including Sony, American Express, Beachbody, Singularity University, to tech startups, just to name a few. She speaks on integrative health regarding stress reduction, chronic pain, and chronic fatigue, and she specializes in helping individuals build resilience, increase high-performance mindset, and achieve sustainable results by incorporating health and wellness strategies into everyday life. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much, Krista. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this topic. It's such a timely good one. I get a lot of pitches around podcasts into my inbox. Sometimes people ask me that is where do you find these people? Sometimes I know them, sometimes they come to me. And your discussion today or the topic that we're going to cover a little bit is about work from home performance or how to enjoy working from home or all the things and the pains surrounded <laughs> by working from home, which can be a good and a bad thing. And for if you're just transitioning into work from home life, there's definitely Definitely some barriers that can present. But before we get into that, let's talk about those life altering injuries and kind of how you got to where you are. Where did Katie start? And why are we now talking about this topic? Sure. Thanks so much, Krista. I think it starts about 13 years ago as a corporate sales executive in the medical device field. And then I was also a competitive triathlete. And I was definitely going down one path. And one day I was on my bike with a bunch of cyclists and I got hit by a car. And it basically altered my life. It was pretty crazy just being a competitive athlete most of my life. It just stopped me in my tracks. And it was one of those things when I got all the MRIs and x-rays and things, I had not fully torn everything. I had a three-fourths tear of an MCL and ACL in my left knee. And then I had two herniated discs, my hips went alignment, I had a concussion. And the doctors were like, okay, let's just do some physical therapy and see what we can do to stabilize and then just see where we're going and, and seeing if we need to do surgery. And it was one of those things, and I'm sure you can relate to this, is I kind of was in denial about everything. And so, and I don't know if any of the people that are listening, they've been in denial about things. And so in about two or three weeks, I went back to work and I went back to work way too soon. And about three months from the initial accident, I was in a second accident where I was on the freeway and the back end of my car went in the center of my car and my seatbelt didn't catch me. And the car that hit me to make matters worse just left the scene. It was a hit and run. Oh, no. And so it's this crazy thing, the second accident, which was actually worse on my more of my mindset and mental aspect and emotional aspect. I was raced to UCLA in ambulance. And when they did the CT scan came back, I didn't break my neck or further herniate my disc, but it was I had injuries on top of injuries on top of injuries. I had really bad whiplash. And so right after that, I was diagnosed with PTSD pretty soon after that and started having major gut health issues because I was taking so many anti-inflammatory medication and also just went from being a competitive athlete to barely walking and, you know, put I had 30 more pounds of weight than I have on now and just started really dealing with a lot of anxiety and stress and seeing a neurologist, a psychologist, all these orthopedic surgeons and having, you know, brain fog, short term memory loss. As you know, with the nutrition background and, and everything that you've studied as well, the gut health was just such an issue. It just, and then it, that went to IBS and irritable bowel syndrome. And so it's just one of these things where I was a, point in my life where the, you know, easy things became hard. And I don't know if people can relate to that too. It's just, it was crazy. I remember I was in my kitchen one day and I was going to reach for some plates and my neck literally got frozen in one position. And I had to go to my physical therapist and get it, you know, it was like to the very left and I had to get it more so it was centered. 
And so it's just that was kind of my daily occurrence. And I was just really trying to get through things. And I would just be exhausted at the end of the week and be crashing all weekend in my bed and, and really being alone. And I eventually got knee surgery. And then I got all the epidural shots and cortisol shots and nerve block in my neck and, and was having a lot of pain that turned into chronic pain that was eventually fibromyalgia and gut health issues. I mean, it was just this crazy time. And I remember when I hit rock bottom, and I was I was crawling to the bathroom, because I was in so much pain and crawling back. And I looked up at the ceiling, and I realized that I had been so external in my healing, I'd been going to all these professionals and which were helpful. And it was just I was getting these little pieces every each place and not really getting clear on what was my healing journey. And I realized also, I hadn't committed to my healing, I hadn't t- made a decision and taken ownership that I was going to heal. And in that moment, when I did that, I had a vision that I was going to heal without all these surgeries. Because I was definitely at that level, I had, you know, sciatica, chronic pain, all these issues with my body. And so in the next two months, I healed more than I had in, in those 22 months. And I quit my job. And I started traveling the world and studying with different doctors, healers and leaders and learning their strategies. And then go, I went back to school I became a board certified health counselor and a yoga instructor. And really about four years after my first accident, I healed completely. I didn't have to get the surgeries. My gut health issues went away. I could think clearer, was focused. It was crazy. And part of that too was I starting to take on clients and working with people. I realized right away that I work really well with leaders and high achiever type people and looking at performance. And so I went back and became a certified executive coach and then just kept going and became a you know trainer of neurolinguistics programming, NLP, emotional mental release techniques. And what I realized in my path and in the struggle and challenge, and some people that are listening to this could relate to this too, is that you learn about your character, you learn, you know, some maybe hidden abilities, because I had to do this, all this problem solving, because it was so hard. There wasn't one person that was saying like, okay, this is what you have to do. I had to really piece things together and do a lot of experimentation and then do extra- a lot of research and education. And so about eight years ago, I one of my teachers just said, you know, you need to create curriculum, you got to share this with the world because people are suffering. And so I started creating the Harmony Method, which you had announced and spoke about. And that was really looking at how I could look at communication mindset and integrative and holistic health for healing and high performance. And so I did a five online program series and then created a, a coaching program out of that. And then I created a leadership development program as well. And then my company was acquired two and a half years ago by Southwestern, which is a, a big company, a global headquarters is in Nashville. And now I'm in a spot where it's kind of this next chapter. And so it's been amazing being able to speak and help so many people and work with thousands of people and, and see results within their healing and their performance, but also in, in leadership development as well. And really, how can I, my life purpose is really to create global impact by empowering leaders and people with these skill sets so they can fulfill their mission and really live their deeper life purpose. So that's kind of how I got to where I'm now. And I'm so excited to be here because we have so much to talk about, especially with what we can do within our performance at home during COVID and since we're in this new normal that we're in right now. 
Yeah, thank you for that nutshell. And I would say that I think that happens more often than sometimes gets talked about, which is you have kind of a physical trauma that becomes all of these other things on the inside. And I sometimes mm-hmm. talk about things in a triad because it's simpler. I always like to oversimplify or put things kind of in buckets. And I always say you can deal with something from kind of a structural angle or maybe a nutritional angle, which is usually a little bit more than we usually think it is. And then also the emotional and the mental and physical angle in that way. So that emotional piece. And I know that wasn't all emotion but it was very inside out healing from a different way. As you said, you were going about it from very physical, external ways, and then you decided to look inside yourself. So pretty interesting story. So let's get into today's topic, which is really a common struggle that people are dealing with right now. In fact, this week, my kids are home for school for the first time since we've gone back. And so everyone's kind of got their own little version of that story, working from home, having kids at home, etc. And before COVID, I had friends that would go from working in corporate and start to work at home. And I would watch that struggle because there was a big change from structure to like, okay, I've got to create my own thing now. So let's talk Mm -hmm. about thriving when we're working from home, because there's so much we can go, so many angles we can go down here. But let's talk about just generally what's going on when people are working from home. Like, What are the issues you're seeing and what are some options to deal with those issues? I mean, the biggest issues is that there's so much uncertainty and there's so much unknown. And I was just writing an article about this is that our work routine is just out the window and our normal routine. And it's really what I've been working on with people and, and speaking about is building resilience and how we can overcome adversity positively and to be navigating, as you said, thrive. How can we thrive through this situation that we're in so much uncertainty it's a changing environment every single day. And especially if we have kids and work, there's just a lot to navigate. And so I really relate to that. And then so many clients I work with as well. And so I think the first step is really that we have to slow down to speed up Mm. because there is a lot of chaos. And so it's slowing down to speed up is getting clear and getting organized and setting priorities and boundaries. And so it's, it's slowing down, getting clear on what are the priorities every single day. And that might be, especially if it's something, if there's a lot of stress going on, is how do we bring in some structure to create freedom and to create within this uncertainty? And so to me, it's really about, again, getting organized on your to-do list, but it's also what is that won't-do list, Right. What are those things that do take you off your center and especially being at home that might be a time suck or a time waste, like maybe binge watching too much on Netflix or online shopping or being on social media too much, you know, making a list of what are those things that take you off the path or what is taking or making a distraction or maybe fragmenting your thoughts and where your attention needs to go. And so making that list and getting clear and then being able to prioritize And then being able to communicate that and have boundaries around that, especially with the people you're living with and at work, what does that look like exactly? And be able to communicate it clearly and set it up prior. So I think a big thing here with at-home performance and looking at thriving is making sure that we create and prioritize a morning routine or routines so that we have habits and routines in place so that we're not having to over be in this thinking of our thoughts everywhere, because that's what happens when there's fear and uncertainty. We're having to adapt. There's a lot of distractions. 
And so how do we slow that down and focus on what we can do versus on not focusing on what we can't do? You wake that's up, a lot of times what happens. Yeah, you wake up and react, right? So I yes. love this. That step one. So we're trying to get tangible here, which is yep. maybe sitting down and drawing a line through the paper and making what's working and what is not working. I'm not going to do this anymore. And then creating a morning routine. So one of the things I think we get stuck on sometimes when we create a morning routine is maybe you go for a while and then you're like, oh my gosh, I got to jump straight to this next thing. So I think... I spent quite a bit of time kind of figuring out what I liked in a morning routine, but I had another guest that said something that hit me very profoundly. She said, I have my like catalog routine in the morning and then I have my simple one. And so how do you, what would you say to someone who says, I don't really have time for a routine? What would you walk them through? Oh, I got a lot of things here. So the first thing I look at is the morning routine starts the night before or the day before. And so it might be the last 20 minutes of your workday or the last half an hour before you go to bed. And it's planning out, you know, what time you're going to wake up, what are your clothes, making sure your clothes, all the mundane tasks are done the night before. And so making sure that's really clear. And then just picking back on what you were saying, what I like to do is I like to have an ideal, middle and acceptable, I call it AIM, ideal, middle and acceptable routines. And what that means is a lot of times when we have this idea that we need to have a routine, and which, which could be exercising to stretching, to breathing, to yoga, we kind of think like we need an hour, we need 45 minutes. And that's just not true. That could be in an ideal situation when you actually have that time, but a lot of us don't have that time. And so what is an acceptable or middle version where it could only be 10 minutes of just you know walking around the block twice, doing some breathing exercises or stretching, and you're ready to go? Or it could be even simple as like two or three minutes of jumping jacks in the morning. And how do we set the tone for the day? So again, it starts the night before with setting up how you're going to go to sleep because we want to sleep really well. And that's a huge part of, you know, stabilizing our blood sugar and having consistent energy through the day. So planning out the next morning, but then also having a night routine, even if it's taking a hot shower before you go to bed. So you have a transition just to slow down. So your body can really get into that transition into deeper rest and be able to wake up and go get into it right away. There's no thinking involved. So you're planning it the night before. So your alarm, you're not going to be hitting snooze. It's how do you get out of bed and you get right into that planned routine. And how I like to start it is with some breathing. If it's just even for 30 seconds, to slow down the breath and to elongate the breath, because then you're going to be stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest part of the nervous system. And to also allow you to take time to set an intention for the day. Because I think with what's going on right now so much in COVID and to build resilience and to thrive is that we have to be more intentional. And I know it's this time that, you know, we can't get away from ourselves because there is a natural busyness pre-COVID that we could be, you know, in a pace that could be a level of distraction going on, but that's kind of how we maneuver. But now we're in the spot where we're mostly at home. And so how do we bring intention into everything we do? Even it's simple, even it's just starting with five or 10 minutes a day of that morning routine. So again, getting back to just doing some breathing where we elongate the breath, what I recommend is putting your left hand on your heart and your right hand below your belly button and really breathing into your whole entire body. Because what happens is when we're stressed, most of the time our breath is in our upper chest or or even our throat. And we have these short breaths, which our breath is is connected to our thoughts. 
So a lot of times when we're distracted, we can't focus and we feel like just the day goes by and we're not getting things done and we feel all over the place. The quickest way is just to s- slow down and to breathe. And a lot of times we're, we're told that, well, meditation is such a good thing. And I believe meditation is great. I love meditating and we need to slow down and just do the first step. And that's learning how to breathe correctly and to elongate our breath which is going to really calm us down. And so we can just be putting one foot in front of the other. And then to me, after the breathing and setting intention, it's getting up, doing your normal, going to the bathroom, brushing your teeth, having two glasses of warm water so you can start hydrating because you're so dehydrated in the morning. And then it's going right into that morning routine. Or you know, if you have to deal with a few things before that, being able to map that out. And again, like what you were just saying is, How do we have these smaller routines ready to go so that when life hits us or kids or whatever's going on, we're able to be flexible and adaptable and still get that movement in and that way of just centering our energy so that we can be centered throughout the day. Yeah, I'm a person who relies a lot on accountability. So I had to download an app that kind of walked me through building that routine. And then I also had to get realistic. I think as humans, we are chronically unrealistic as mm-hmm. for everything, absolutely everything. Has anyone ever created a to-do list and not gotten everything done on it? And everyone can raise their hand, right? Like we are just not realistic with the time that we have. And so going through that process helped me realize like, oh, what I mapped out as 45 minutes is really three hours <laughs> because <laughs> I just continue to snooze it. But what you're talking about here, like what are the non-negotiables, which is if you need to wake up and not just be reacting, you need to wake up and take some gratitude in your breath. And I keep saying this recently, but because of the recent wildfires, we don't have to take our breath for granted as much anymore. We can stop and think about it. So it takes maybe one minute to breathe and then to hydrate, right? And an intention. Mm -hmm. So I have this I'm always trying to figure out like, how do you stay on track for something, right? And so I would like to put make intention a little more tangible. But here's a method I'm using right now. And it's just kind of a notebook. And it is, you know, what am I thankful for? What am I learning? And it just has five things of what I'm going to, you know, the big things that I've got to do. But my favorite part is at the bottom, it just says who I am. And that's cool. Because is it going to be different every day? Like some days I am brave, proud, capable, or I am patient, whatever, whatever. And so it's the story we tell ourselves is so darn important, right? And so if we don't, I just think that's a piece that gets that is intention right there is like, who am I? Or what is my primary feeling I'm going to go into today with, right? Like, especially if you're waking up, and you know, it's stress, like, you know, you're in a a phase of stress, how are you going to wake up and choose to not say I'm waking up stressed because you get to put that out into the world. And every time, and I've caught myself doing it kind of recently, you say, when you say I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed, that becomes your new reality, right? So it does just riffing on like, what does that actually mean in a tangible way? What is intention? It's like, what's the word that defines today, right? Like, what's my expectation for the day? Who do I feel like I am today? Whatever that thing is, right? And so you need some kind of prompt. Do you have suggestions about how to prompt and stay on track for someone who feels like they get off of track? I'm just talking about myself here. Just talking about myself. Yeah, no, this is great. This is I think everyone can relate to this because it is challenging, especially when we feel like we're in Groundhog's Day every day. And I think the first step before we even look at prompts is examining our limiting beliefs. And what is our self-talk? And being able to observe it, being able to disassociate and to observe it 
to even be aware of how are we even talking to ourselves? Where is the, is there self-kindness going on? How are we allowing? And as you were saying, sometimes we have this ideal in our mind that we think it's only going to take 30 minutes, but it's really three hours. And so how do we start slowing down and investigating and observing what is that? And then how do we start simple? Like, how do we keep it simple? Because I think having performance and routines and every and habits that are healthy habits for us, it's got to be simple. If it's complicated, you're going to get off the bandwagon pretty quickly. So it's seeing first, like, why are you doing what you're doing? I think this is really important. And it's also looking at values work. So investigating so your values, create your belief system and creates your attitudes. And so if your attitude is not where you want it to be, we have to go back. Where's the root cause of our mindset? And, and I know that I love listening to your podcast because that's what it's all about. Like, how can we get to the root of what's going on? Because when we can shift that, then it's like a domino effect. So I think in, with setting intentions, it's first looking at your deeper why. Why are you exercising or why do you want to have a morning routine or why are you working? Tell me more about what's important to you when it comes to career or to your family or to relationships. Understanding those value, what's important and why is going to be the key to in alignment, the step to setting your intentions. And you can do that simply. You know, obviously there's an exercise where you can slow down again to speed up to get on a deeper level on your values in every area of your life. And how can we just simply say that what's important to us in our family is when I'm able to have a morning routine, even if it's for 10 minutes, I have more energy so I can be more present with my kids and my spouse and at work. And so knowing why, why you're doing what you're doing and not getting caught up in the minutia of this, the everyday to-do list and just feeling stress and being able to like what you're saying with gratitude, what are these simple things where it's just naming three things you're grateful for in the morning and connecting to that and then connecting to a feeling or emotion you want for an intention. That's a great way to start as well. It might be like your word for the day might be relaxed. And when you can breathe in and breathe out relaxed and using that word, setting your intention, anchoring it to your breath, it allows you to come back because we want to slow down. That's the whole thing with stress, especially being in chronic stress is how do we slow down so that we can be responding versus reacting? So just also bring that back to setting intention. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. And you mentioned something that I felt was you talked about examining what's important to you. And sometimes you need a few prompts to think about that. And this is the stuff we kind of want to skip, but it sort of brings us back to that. And the key point, like, for example, I have too much going on in my life right now, as many people probably do. We started Mm -hmm. a second business and I'm working seven days and I'm like, this does not meet my core value. Like, this is not my ideal situation. (laughs) I do not. (laughs) This does not. My husband said, well, isn't this worth it? And I'm like, uh, this does not meet. This does not match the core values I have for myself. (laughs) Uh, That was exactly my response. And I don't even know, like, I couldn't even tell you exactly. Like, I know what some of my values are, right? Integrity, accomplishment, like, the things, right? But I can't always tell Mm -hmm. you what they are. And so my point is, you were talking about values. And then you were also talking about how that draws to the reward, which is, oh, if you do these things, if you're intentional in the morning, don't you think you could enjoy your family and your children, etc? Because sometimes we wake up and we're acting and we're like, oh my gosh, get your shoes on, get your backpack. Why don't you have a water bottle filled? Did you do your homework? All those things. And instead... 
because again, that morning routine could start the night before we've all been guilty of that. But instead, thinking about the reward of what we really want, because as parents, we want to enjoy life. Like, I'm yes, pretty sure we do. Yes, want to connect. Right. Yeah. We don't, we don't want to be like yelling, like dragging our kids through life. <laughs> I don't think. So I just wanted to piggyback on that because I heard you talk about the reward, but sometimes we have to be able to see what that reward is in order to do the work before it. Right. That's how you create the habit is like, Oh, yes, that's the reward. I want to feel in the day like I'm refreshed and not like I'm drained at the end of the day. That's like, that might trigger like a reward center for some of us. Right. Completely. And if we're looking at that habit loop and we're looking at what is that trigger routine or, and then what is the reward? It's getting clear on what that is. And I think within values work, it's not only knowing what's important to you, like you were starting to list your values, like integrity and accomplishment, all these things, but what does it mean to you? Because at the end of the day, that's what we connect to is meaning. And you and I could be speaking about the same thing, but we could mean something completely different. So like, for instance, you have this new business going on, there's all these things going on. And I'm curious, like being able to communicate clearly what those values are, but also what do they mean to you? And so that with your family and husband and everyone else with even in work, that's where you're connecting is at the meaning because that's where the disconnect could be. And so it's just taking that, what we were talking about, the slowing down. A lot of times we just want to move through these types of exercises is once we get clear on what does this mean to us and then we can connect to that, that's where you get the deeper why and the motivation and inspiration. And that's where you want to take action from and to create momentum out of that. So let's actually dig into that for a moment because while that might make sense, Let's bridge that. So what okay. do your values mean? Give me some examples. So tell me about some of your values and what that means to you and how it might mean something else to someone else. Yeah. So for instance, a value that's big to me is empowerment and empowering others and empowering myself. And what that means is for me to be fully confident and clear and to be able to really step into my deeper purpose in life and to be acting and being in alignment, there's a congruency that goes on there. Where on a physical, emotional, mental, spiritual level, I'm congruent. And so if I asked you, what does empowerment mean to you? I guarantee you, you're going to have a different definition. Mm -hmm. It might be similar, but then it's like, how do we collaborate within that meaning within a family discussion, within a relationship discussion, within a business partner discussion? How do you take the values to that next level where you're able to express what that meaning is? And that's where you're going to get the motivation from. So another value, and you've already said is an integrity. Integrity is very important to me that I keep my word, that I'm honest and trustworthy. And it's also this congruency aspect, really understanding the deeper elements of my life purpose and making sure that in work in my relationships, in all aspects that I'm in integrity. Because what I really learned in my healing process and my healing journey is when I'm out of that integrity or that alignment, my body, I get inflammation and have pain. I have issues with my digestive system. I mean, there's, it's amazing how our bodies are communicating. I always say that the body will always tell me what the mouth will never say. And so I'm very clear on a intuitive level as well, down to just understanding even the foods I eat There's an integrity that goes on that I know for me to feel my best, because it's all about, for me, it's about feeling that energy, feeling that you're in that center. 
is most important. And so these value words help you get to that place where you do feel great all day and you can sleep really well at night because you're in that alignment. And so there is work there. And the first, like the baby steps is just doing that elicitation. So there's different values exercises where they actually give you the words. I actually recommend just to do it with your friend or a family member where someone just elicitates and says, you know, what's important to you about career or what's important to you about family. And you just start dumping. There's three or four dumps of words. It could be, you know, integrity, trust, support, love. I mean, you can just keep going. And then the next step would be, well, what does love mean to you? I mean, just think about having that discussion with your spouse or a relationship you're in is what does love mean to you? And that opens up a whole level of deeper connection and getting to the deeper structures of how our belief systems are working versus the surface structures. And that ultimately is what we want to connect with and experience, especially as parents, too. We want to have at the end of our life, that's what is going to be most important is that it's not going to be about these material things or what we necessarily did. It's the experiences. And that, did we experience life and love and connection? And so how do we prompt to get to these deeper discussions to create these experiences where it's more meaningful and connection? And so this is all going back to intention. I know we started with just setting a simple intention for the day. And there's deeper wisdom and deeper connection here that really can bring it so that every action is meaningful to you. And that's where you can get a lot of energy in your life. Yeah, we could keep going on that. But if we back up to the bigger topic, which is the topic is really how do we manage stress levels while working from home or work from home performance? Mm -hmm. And the first thing we talked about was really stress resilience. And the first step of stress resilience was really creating a morning routine, knowing what you won't do. What else is under the bucket of managing our stress levels while working from home? Sure. So looking at resilience studies and data, there was a lot of moving variables, but two are main that are very consistent. And it's kind of picking back to what we were just saying. It's a level of purpose and then a supportive environment. And so I think let's talk a little bit about setting up a supportive environment. And I think the first step there is it's in an internal and external environment. And so it's looking at how we can examine the clutter and organize it. And so what I mean that is there's an external clutter and there's internal clutter. So externally, it's probably pretty obvious what you, you know, it could be messes of clothes or stack papers or books, really clearing out space so that your mind can just relax and be able to not have so much clutter. And there could be even clutters on the walls. I mean, there could be just a lot of clutter going on, even in that, that bathroom drawer. So just being able to organize things so that our mind, when we wake up in the morning, that it's actually easier to process because we're not being constantly distracted by clutter. And then it's also examining our internal clutter to be able to clear our mind and examine our thoughts and our level of discernment and making decisions. So I think this is really important. Building resilience, stress resilience is going through what we've been talking about. It's this deeper discovery of why you're doing things, but then coming up with a clear plan and making clear decisions so that you're not having this constant list going on in your mind. And that to me is a big part of 
this clutter that can happen on an internal and external level. Well, I think what I'm hearing you say is you start with the end in mind. You first decide, how do you want to feel? And then you mm-hmm. think about how do I get the steps to get there? And if you can't quite figure it out, you can, you know, work with someone to try to work through that, right? Because sometimes we get stuck inside of our bottle and we can't see outside the bottle when sometimes it's like, mm, well, could you just do this? You know, and you need someone to tell you that it's okay to do that. <laughs> that does happen sometimes. So really starting with how do I want to feel maybe at the end of the day, And then what are the things that are going to contribute to that? So environment, what at least, you know, because routine can be a fleeting thing. Sometime we can talk about that, but at least starting the day with something that makes you feel like if you complete these three steps, drinking this water, breathing and setting your intention, will you feel accomplished then? Will you feel like that ticks a box essentially for you? It's all about the meaning you put on it. And so to me, it's, it's even investigating what does success mean to you or accomplishment and being a kind of a survivor, being an overachiever most of my life. I, in my healing process, I really had to examine these things was how do I, you know, focusing in life? How do I reflect if I've been successful that day or have self worth or, you know, understanding it's so different than it was 20 years ago for me. It's really another level. If I'm relaxed and focused and calm. Uh, that is success to me versus trying to do 20 more things. And I didn't get to everything on my to do list. There's a level of the middle path or moderation there, where you have to meet yourself halfway. And I think it's slowing down, we could say like, hey, yes, it's about setting the intention or the routine the night before waking up, breathing, doing all these things, but just more things in your day. How do we slow down and really examine What are things that we need to have a plan about and then take action and to reflect and how do we put meaning on that we've been successful? And I love what you're saying is, you know, one of the ways we can do it is work backwards of what is the feeling we want to feel all day and how do we manufacture that? And so I have two more steps within this kind of building this resilience and thriving that we could go over to, I think it's, again, once we have clarity, I kind of look at the first step is discovery. We kind of have to deconstruct to reconstruct. So we're going backwards to go forwards. Yes, we could just say, hey, let's do more things. But I really think there's a deeper thing if we can align to that and be able to deconstruct and discover, then we act, we get clarity from there. And then we set strategies. And then we figure out what I call maintenance. How do we get sustainable results and maintain our results? Not just it's good for 30 days or 60 days or a week or two days. So that to me is this, this work, this intentional work is so important. Even if we just do it for five minutes, just to set things up. So I think a second area that to look at is how to build awareness around your habits and having awareness. And so what I do is I do a activity where it's looking at stopping certain habits, continuing certain habits or starting. So it's, it's kind of getting back to that won't do list or the to do list, but it's, you know, stopping certain habits that you know that aren't good. Like again, watching too much Netflix binging or social media, hitting the snooze button. Things you might want to continue is like eating a healthy diet that's mostly whole foods, mostly vegetables. And starting could be, again, this just starting a routine. So keeping the habits simple and consistent. And then a third tip here within this, I think is really important is once you figure this clarity out and you start kind of building just a simple strategy, again, I don't think this has to be complex. How do you ask for support in your environment? How do you communicate? Communication is such a key component here. How do you get support from your family, friends, coworkers, and your community by setting up accountability partners or mentors 
as well as just communicating boundaries with your spouse and your kids and your family and your work. And so to me, it's about first making a list of goals and habits, which we're looking at and what you want. And then it's determining that environment, the support you need to accomplish that. And then it's really how do you directly communicate what that looks like so you can enroll everyone around you to support you. So it's not this like you're fighting against it every morning or fighting against it throughout the day. How do you have discussions with your family or your spouse or your business partners ahead of time? And how do you enforce boundary work? Because that's really going to how you're going to get sustainable habits and routines and structure so you can thrive and have this at home performance that we're speaking about. Mm. And that's kind of the answer to anything. I could call the question, how do you stay on track when you're doing back to school, like when you're doing school at home? Or how do you stay on track when, I don't know, when you need a routine that fits your personality or like so many things or like there are I feel like when you work with high performers, sometimes Mm -hmm. it feels like there's nothing we can't do. We should be able to do this. Like, (laughs) I don't have a problem. Everything is fine. Like, I just have to keep going. And so I think you have to go back to awareness there, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so really the steps to stress resilience that you're discussing here are one discovery. And there's a lot of options here. It's examining like what your values are, how you want to feel. We've kind of riffed on that for quite a while. Awareness Mm -hmm. around habits. So cataloging what's taking up a lot of time and not benefiting you. We talked about some of those things. What things that make sense to continue? Definitely going to continue brushing my teeth and start. I'm just kidding. And then what should you start? Right. So like, give me some examples. I think sometimes coming up with the things that to stop, sometimes, you know, point out to us, especially a one way to do this is to do like kind of a time audit, which is also no one wants to do, right? Like <laughs> who yep. wants to do a time audit? Um, cause it'll point out to you like why you don't have time to do things. But what are some examples of things that someone starts that really move a needle for productivity? I think something that someone starts is, again, examining, because again, when you create these habits, there's no thinking involved because Mm. it's unconscious competence. So you have to spend some time to just do it automatically. But once it's anchored in, it's how to stack the habits, basically. And so what are these mini routines? Like, for instance, I every about you know, 60 to 80 minutes, if I'm sitting, I get up and I do this thing I call morning stretches, where I go through each major joint in my system and make sure that I move it around like doing shoulder rolls or neck rolls and hip rolls and doing different things or or maybe walking for five minutes. So there's certain things I'm doing throughout the day to keep my performance. And, And also something that I look at with high performers, especially if you're trying to optimize is rest is key. And so it's kind of having a different dialogue. I kind of switched it around. I know we've always heard work hard, play hard, but I think it's work hard, play hard, rest hard. Mm. So I actually put in my time management time to rest and just have this free time to be creative, to be able to relax and to not be so stressed or have, you know, our to-do list going on and understanding that that mind space of relaxing, even if it's just, you know, walking in nature for 10 minutes or 15 minutes or um, being able to read a book for 10 minutes and not be thinking, I need, what can I be doing right now? That actually is allowing us to have free time to allow our mind to do a reset and actually create more space or even doing short naps in the day. That's another thing I've been doing. And especially at home, you can do that even if it's just for 
eight minutes. I'll put my timer on my iPhone and put I have a head a face mask and just completely and put earplugs in and just completely zone out even for eight or 10 minutes. And it's amazing what that does to just allow my body to recharge and I get back and I'm ready to go. And so I think it's investigating what are these small things that you can do. And again, as achievers, we were like, let's do 20 things of these small things. What are just two or three things that you can start with that it might be even just having a healthy vegetable smoothie in the afternoon? I always look at building and you always want to add in the crowd out type of subject of looking at what are the little things that we can do to get that structure and to be at that level. I know for me and my healing experience and then working with so many people, trying to do things at the same time every day really creates certainty, especially in an uncertain time. And so what I mean by that is one of the areas of how I was able to heal was so that my body and my mind didn't have to predict every day was I went to the bed at the same time and I woke up at the same time every day. And then I used to have my meals at similar times, even right now, I mean, it's at similar times, I'm a little flexible. But there is a routine if I have issues with my digestion, or I'm stressed, or I have some pain going on, or I can't sleep, I'm going to be looking at how can I have consistency in my life so that my body can relax, and it's predictable what's going to happen. Even though I know that's sometimes not as doable as we want, but how can you just start small where you're just going to bed at the same time every night? If you're you're kind of all over the place every day, because there is a lot going on. I didn't expect you to say, when I asked you, what habits could you start to say, like, could you put in some rest space? But that's such an important reminder. Because if we think about when are you most creative in the shower, because Uh you're not like you are not required to do anything. It's cathartic. You're just doing your thing, whatever you do in the shower. And so like, things come to you there. And sometimes if I just feel stuck, I just clean my office, which goes back to your environmental piece as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Or I have to clear my like, it's just a stimulus overload. And it totally thwarts your own personal creativity and excitement sometimes. So I feel you on this one. And I just thought it was interesting some of the ways you presented it because you were talking about this eight minute nap. And I'm like, that sounds like meditation because you're just trying to clear out (laughs) everything. Like, I'm just going to go in here and like clear out. This is why it's fine to lock yourself in a closet. If you like, because I was going to say, someone's going to listen to this and they're going to say, yeah, this is fine if you don't have children, right? What do you say to that person? Yeah. So I think with children, it's a whole nother thing because I have so many clients. I mean, obviously, I'm just surrounded by people with with children. And this is a major thing is how do you get that if it is for eight or 10 minutes, but how do you plan that out in advance? Like, how do you get help if someone is going to be seeing overseeing the kids, if it's your spouse, if it's a family member, if it's whoever it is, How can you carve out even 10 minutes or 15 minutes that you can have some alone time? Because that's self-care. When you take care of yourself, you're taking care of everyone around you. So that rest, whatever you decide you want to do in that time to recharge your battery is going to benefit everyone involved. And so that rest to me is working with so many high achievers and leaders and people that have no time. I mean, number one thing is I don't have time. And then I do lots of exercises to see how we have so much time. And really understanding like reprogramming how we even look at success and how our well-being is rest and rejuvenation time and even just taking a hot bath or even a shower before you go to bed and doing some a minute long breathing and elongating the breath at night 
and relaxing your nervous system, how that is going to allow your body to function at a very high level and, and to increase your immune system and to be able to navigate everything that we're going through. I mean, it's a lot. So how do you carve out time and then not only carve out time, but how do you give yourself permission to fully engage in that restful time and to give yourself fully to allowing that that is actually what's best for you and to say that and to be kind about it. Yeah, that takes some body love and sometimes permission. So whether it's permission for yourself or permission from, not that you don't need permission from someone else, but sometimes that's what people are seeking. They just want to talk to someone about how often, if you're a woman and you've ever vented to your girlfriend, you're sometimes looking for validation, but sometimes aren't you looking for permission to feel the way you do? right? A little bit. So yeah, I'm just throwing that out there is that sometimes we're seeking external validation and permission. And so this podcast can be the external validation and permission that you already felt bubbling up on the inside. So it hits me in the right place this week as it's been kind of an intentionally, I think sometimes the thing about stress is that we can't say, well, someday when this gets better, I'll do that. That doesn't work. So there has to be an end point. And so I had kind of a stressful couple weeks and I'm like, okay, this Friday is the end point. And then that's like, I'm, I'm disengaging <laughs> from, from the thing I committed to, like, cause follow through, follow through and integrity is a core value. So that came first and then disconnection from the stress. So I think I say that out loud because none of us are immune. I always say this is the less stressed life because it's not an accomplishment. It's a journey and we all have things that set us back. It's not like one of us here is perfect at this. I think Katie even said if she does not following whatever, like her systems get off, right? Like there's a reason she's in balance now. It's because she practices it daily. And so it's yeah, I look at it as harmony because that's the whole thing is like, I don't think we'll ever be in balance because in our minds, again, our programming is like when we're in the center and 20% this way and 40% we're doing this and then we're, we're okay. What is it to be okay all the time, no matter what's going on? And, yeah. and to have flow, how do we create and adapt and be flexible and flow and be responding versus reacting and to be able to navigate and what can we do and focus on that versus what we can't and how was that whole cycle, that whole loop that happens on a mental, emotional, every, every level. I'm glad you use the word harmony over balance because we use balance. It's like our go-to word, like the, but it does kind of bother me that word a little bit balance because it feels mm -hmm. you never really feel like you're in balance. So harmony makes more sense because it's never going to be perfection, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you have to be perfect or something. That's just not reality. Mm -mm. And there's a way to just, you know, align to the harmony of this is, is life and how can we flow with it versus be reactive or fighting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So love it. If you could leave people with kind of your gut feeling or gut reaction, if someone's listening to this and saying, whoa, there was a lot of stuff there I like want to take in and use, what would you tell that person? Really, I think it starts with our breath. I think it's about slowing down and again, practicing on elongating the breath, especially the exhale. And so that you're good no matter what, whatever's happening in your life, you can always connect to the breath and to slow things down. And you have a choice every second how you want to respond versus react. And so just to that, you take one thing away from this, that's a simple thing that you can incorporate today. I couldn't agree more. Awesome. Where can people find you online, Katie? They can uh, check me out on my website at www.katiekovalvik.com. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching and do also do virtual trainings. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. Great. Thanks so much, Krista.
One of the best gifts you could give us at The Less Stress Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review. In the iTunes store or from your podcast app, just search for Less Stress Life as if you're not already subscribed. Click on the banana face image, scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews and write a review. While you're there, hey, make sure you hit subscribe. For Android or Stitcher users, you gotta go to the desktop site and search for Less Stress Life and then scroll down to leave a review. Stitcher doesn't load Apple reviews on their site, so if you want, you can leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. You rock. 